Hey there, fanboys. This is Rick Bretsnyder back to you with part two of Nate Costa's Image Expo exclusive interviews. We've got a lot of them, so let's get started. Okay, fanboys, I am here with Jonathan Hickman who's got an upcoming image project called Secret, another upcoming image project called Manhattan Projects, with an S. There's multiple projects in this Manhattan. And uh, he's also the writer of Fantastic Four and FF and, what else, Shield, uh, Ultimates. Okay. So what brought you to Image? I'm assuming you have plenty of new ideas that you wanted to have control over. Well, uh, Image is where I started. Um, you know, my first book ever. Uh, professionally was the nightly news and that was a, a blind submission to image uh, they were kind enough to um, you know look at it and like it and uh, you know uh, agreed to, to, to print it and publish it so uh, why am I back at image I, I don't think I ever left um, you know I, I'm I, I've always considered this kind of like home and um, you know they're, they're a great publisher it's worked out uh, very well for me and them both I think what was your first image comic? Uh, it was Nightly News. It was a story about uh, a cult uh, that uh, killed journalists, you know. Um, and then I did uh, three other books there. I did uh, Pax Romana and Transhuman and Red Master Mars. Uh, and then I, I started doing a bunch of work for Marvel. And uh, I recently did another miniseries, uh, Red Wing, which is... Um, which is with artist Nick Patara, who's going to be drawing the Manhattan Projects. Um, you know, and, and I, you know, it was just time for me to do some more creator-own work. Good morning. I assume you read comics growing up. What was your first comic book that you ever purchased? on some of the events going on right now. Upstairs in the junior ballroom. Okay. The first batch of panels well, uh, it was an X-Men book. It was the uh, penultimate issue of uh, Dark Phoenix Saga, actually. So when Image started in 92, were you on board immediately, or were you hesitant at first, or did you jump in and buy all seven issues of the initial uh, run that they had? I didn't buy all seven. Uh, I was a big... Also happening um, right now at the Fantastic Comics booth. We have a signing at 11 a.m. <laughs> I, I was a big Bob Jim Lee, Todd McFarlane guy. Uh, you know, so I, I was big on Spawn and Wildcats. Um, I think I bought Wet Works when that came out by Wilsh. Um, also at the Image booth. 
I think that was probably pretty Signing much the books I was interested in. So did you ever think, you know, I'm going to write some comic books and I'm going to take them over to Image because they let me do whatever I want to do. As a boy. I didn't hear that. As a kid, did you ever think, Image is a place where I could uh, get a job writing whatever I want to write? Well, I'm 40, so there was no image when I was a kid. Well, 20 years ago, you were a kid at 20. Uh, I was a very mature 20. Um, no, uh, listen, the, the place that I submitted uh, all of my submissions to early on were Marvel, and it was all Marvel, all image. Uh, they were all X-Men, Wildcats pitches. Um, so, yeah, I mean, it was amazing to get picked up. So I'm going to ask you some inane questions. What is your favorite word, Jonathan? Uh, foreboding. What is your least favorite word? Um, ignorant, probably. If there was one career you could have if you were not in comic books or entertainment, what would it be? Uh, well, we don't have a space program anymore, so astronaut is a bullshit answer. Uh, so I would be a professional soccer player. Is that a dream, or are you actually a good soccer player? I was pretty good. I was pretty good. So. Uh, anything you can tell us about upcoming... Fantastic Four or FF? Uh, yeah, uh, in uh, Fantastic Four 604, and the FF issue that also ships that month is the wrap-up of kind of the three-year plan that I've been doing. Um, after that, it's a series of, of uh, you know, kind of, kind of really interesting Fantastic Four world stories uh, until I'm off the book in October. You're all done in October. Do you have any upcoming Marvel plans other than Ultimates after that? Yes. And you can't talk about them? I cannot talk about them. I'm sorry. Will they be announced at Comic-Con, perhaps? I, I actually do not know when they're announcing anything. We, I, don't, I, haven't heard, I haven't heard one way or the other. So. All right. Well, unless you have anything else to say, this will wrap it up. Uh, no, no, just uh, thanks for uh, having me on the show. Thank you, sir. Oh, I should mention that it looks like Secret is April 11th and uh, Manhattan Projects. When is that? It's uh, March 7th. Superb. All the fanboys should pick that up. If you've read anything by Jonathan Hickman, you know it will be good. Be well. Thank you, man. Thank you, sir. Nate Costa with Fanboy Planet. Just going to do a little podcast action here. Sure. I'm here with Todd McFarlane, one of the original founders of Image Comics. So, Todd, obviously we're all here because this is the 20th anniversary. What did you think uh, in 1992, before you actually produced any comic books out of Image, could you have imagined in 20 years Image would still be what it is today? Uh, I, the answer is yes and no. The no part of it is would it look like what we're seeing right here in the room in terms of the variety and the, the, the diversity of the kind of product that we were putting out. If you remember in 1992... It was sort of superhero, sort of classic American superhero product. And we didn't have, you know, items like Walking Dead or Chew as part of the repertoire because we were, you know, a little more myopic with our, you know, the books we were adding, Pitt, 
and those ones, they were all sort of superhero spandex stuff. So, you know, did I think we were going to last 20 years? Absolutely. The 20-year one, like, I, I, Eric and Rob and I, we were just all stubborn enough, and I've said it before, that I go, even if everybody else quits, if everybody else leaves, I'll, I'll put the image logo on my Spawn comic book till the day I die. So it's going to, unless I get hit by a bus, it's going to last for a while, even if it's just one book, right? So the question is, did you think that in 20 years you'd be thriving with as much variety as we have? No, I think it's cool. I, 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 I actually like that it's not, you know, so much like Marvel and DC, which is, you know, 90% of their product is superhero. Um, that we've got products that I think can have a little more international flavor. So, obviously, you also uh, got your hands in toys and video games and movies, etc. At what point did you get that idea to go, all right, I'll make some awesome figures to go along with the comic book, and then obviously you went to sports and all that other stuff? Yeah. Uh, it, it was fairly easy. It was fairly early on. I, I thought if you could create a character... And create some um, some strong foundation for it, then you could build a lot on top of it. And the foundations I thought at the very beginning was TV, video games, movies, and toys. And and I was lucky enough because Spawn went to the charts, you know, top of the charts real quickly. I was able to make deals on all of them. the toy one. I had to start my own company. The video game ones they came out of the woodwork and we got those off the ground. And then we got the movie and we did the HBO one. So it was then you know, it became a little easier to keep the momentum going once you sort of establish those areas that the, the reason I, I wanted to do them wasn't because I thought Spawn was the greatest character or any of that. It's just that they're, they're entry points into getting new fans, right? So think about of the 8 million people that watch Walking Dead, how many of those are actual comic book fans per se? Well, we know he sells 30,000 comic books a month. So that means that there's 8 million of them that are now introduced to his brand that don't buy comic books. Again, as an artist, you don't care how they get involved in what you do as long as they're looking at it. So the way that they can get engaged is turning on a television set, so be it, right? And so Robert said it. So to me, that's why I wanted to do the, the toys and the movies and the video games, just to create different entry points into people to see the idea that you have, not necessarily buy the comic book. So when you started the the toy company specifically, did you decide, all right, these toys are going to be higher quality and better than all the other toys that are being put out there? Or was that just something where you were like, you know, you wanted it to be as close to the art as it could be? No, uh, it was the first one. It was the attempt. The attempt was that I, I, don't, I don't have Batman. I don't have uh, Star Wars. I don't have G.I. Joe and Transformers. I don't have a big brand. I've got this new thing called Spawn. So the only way I was going to survive was I needed to build a better mousetrap. It's, it's just it's just an action figure. So I go, I just felt the only way we were going to get there is if we just put out a sexier version than what people were doing and put it out at a price that people could afford. And 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 the recipe worked very quickly, right? So Todd is taking a photo right now, and it was great. <laughs> Here's a couple inane questions for you. What is your favorite word, Todd? Uh, cool. What is your least favorite word? No. Or can't, I guess. I Somebody it. else said can't. I think it was possibly John Lehman or Joe Keating, one of the two. Exactly. Thanks, sir. 
If you could not be involved in the entertainment industry, yep. what would you do? Uh, I'd, I'd figure out how to be in, in the sports-related business. I'm, I'm an athlete. You know, I mean, I, I wanted to be a, a pro baseball player first and foremost. Uh, so I, 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 I sort of this odd kid growing up that collected comic books. I was a geek, a geek and a jock all rolled into one. Agreed. Yeah, so it was, it was, it was a weird hybrid. I didn't have too many people that sort of were the same as, as I was. So I can, I can sort of go in and out of those worlds fairly effortlessly. Um, so I, I'd, I'd figure out how to backdoor some kind of sports job someplace. Speaking of sports, will you be doing a Patrick Willis figure anytime soon? Uh, for all the San Francisco 49er fans, he is high on our priority list. So the answer is a, a, a high probability of yes. Excellent. You got anything you want to plug before we wrap it up? Um, we got we got the the Halo 4 toys coming out with the new game, Walking Dead toys coming out. So we're just going to continue to expand there. Walmart just said yes to carrying some of that, so we'll we'll get a bigger footprint with that. Uh, we put out 15 issues of Spawn last year by the same writer artist team. I believe the first time in American history anybody's done that. So and we'll we'll continue to put the books out. And then I'm going to try and see if I can't get the movie finally off the ground this year and get the animation back back sort of into production. So we've, we've got, and I'm, I'm sure I'm missing a bunch of other things that we do. So we, we, we keep ourselves quite busy in the pop culture world. Sounds great. And all for the fanboys that are listening and can't see it, the Walking Dead figures look awesome, as do all the rest of the things in the uh, case over there, which includes... Halo, Halo and yeah. uh, some sports on the bottom. Oh, we like our sports too. Absolutely. Yep. And we're actually, you know, again, we're doing some statues. You know, just started a new statue program. The the one we just uh, put up like a week ago sold out in four days. So that one, the big one, you can see in the glass case right there. I will take a picture yeah, of that for the uh, studio out, audience. Sold out in four days. So uh, we've got the. This one's going to be cool. See the, see the zombie with the screwdriver in his eye? Yes. If you lift the screwdriver, his head opens up. Think of a sort of a big Pez dispenser, and inside is Season 2 DVD. It's going to be the, it's going to be the holder for the Season 2 DVD collection. That is awesome. It is awesome. Who doesn't want a decapitated screwdriver in the eye zombie that you got to rip his head open to get to the movies? Everybody should have one. Well, thank you, sir. You I'll let you uh, try to get through this line before your next panel. All right. Appreciate your time. Okay, fanboys. I am in a secret holding cell at the image booth with editor Cena Grace, also the artist on Lil Depressed Boy. Cena, it's the 20th anniversary of Image. When did you start working here? And you look like a young man. As a boy, were you purchasing the Image comics as they came out? That's a lot of questions. Uh, <laughs> I I started interning for Top Cow Productions about ten years ago, uh, so I was an editorial intern there for a few years, and then I did some freelance stuff, and I, I did that college thing. Um, after that, I uh, I came to work for Kirkman about two years ago, and I I am proud to say that I I am like a vintage Spawn fan. I was buying the action figures in the comics like really early on. Um, and my neighbor was collecting Shadowhawk, so yeah, I've been I've been doing this for 20 years. <laughs> that is superb. I too have the Spawn toys nailed up on my wall. Uh, so you edit Walking Dead and pretty much every Robert Kirkman book, right? 
and the Skybound original. So that includes uh, Witch Doctor and uh, the new Thief of Thieves book that we just launched. So, yeah. So you got Walking Dead, Witch Doctor, Thief of Thieves. You also do Super Dinosaur mm-hmm. and Invincible. Yeah, and then there there are some titles I can't talk about as well. And titles. Oh, upcoming unknown titles. No, no secrets. <laughs> so, yeah, I keep busy. <laughs> So sometimes I read the letters page, and you constantly get letters directed to you, Miss Cena Grace. How hilarious or upset do you get? Or excuse me, how hilarious is that to you, or how upset do you get? I mean, you're looking at me now. I'm wearing a dress, so I understand <laughs> it. No, no, I'm wearing jeans. But, uh, no, it's whatever, you know. I, it's You know when you like a, a musician and you can't read their name and... You go for, like, three months calling them, you know, something unpronounceable, and then it turns out it's a completely different thing. It's whatever. You know, I understand that millions of people are reading The Walking Dead, and and then four or five of them care to figure out if the editor is a boy or a girl, so whatever. (laughs) (laughs) It's it's no big. Speaking of unpronounceable names, what is Mashon, Mashani, Mashoni, whatever her name is, how do you say that? You you did it right pretty much the first time, Mashon. Okay. Yeah. I am a genius, fanboys, so listen up, everyone that is keeps saying Michoni, it's Michonne. Uh All right, so we're at the 20th anniversary. Invincible is on 89 next week? 80, yeah, 88? Yeah, that 89? sounds about right. Yeah. And then uh, Walking Dead's up to issue 94. Mm-hmm. That's not out yet, though, right? That's the one they gave us for free. That comes out Wednesday, so you got okay, a little so sneak, both next week. sneak taste. Uh, who knew 20 years ago that Image would be going straight through for 20 years and to expand to all the ridiculous uh, number of titles and the different types of titles? I mean, you are working on a superhero book, a zombie book, a kid's book, well, it's not really a kid's an all-ages book, um, Witch Doctor, which is more of a sci-fi. Or like a like an urban fantasy, yeah. Yeah, it's like House with Fringe. crazy, yeah. exactly, yeah. <laughs> and then you do... A book about a sad sack boy. Right, and they're all under the same imprint. So what, I mean, can you speak to the number of different types of titles with Image? I mean, I think... What's crazy is, you know, 20 years ago, I'm sure they were all confident that Image Comics would be around. And uh, its current its current structure still comes from the same place. And I think all that's really changed is they're adapting to the tastes of the market. And, you know, 20 years ago, people, people wanted to see these artists do what they do best, which is, you know, dynamic storytelling and and revolutionary artwork and, you know, gatefold pages and whatnot. Um, And now people just want to see stories that are original and heartfelt. And luckily Eric Stevenson has has caught on to that pretty fast and and was able to get a lot of amazing people to do that. So what you're seeing now is just people wanting stories, all kinds of stories. And you see it now with TV and movies. People are getting sick of your you know your Tom Cruise blockbusters and now a bunch of really weird quirky movies are are kind of the summer hits or the winter hits and uh, I think people are just looking for new stories right now. All right, I'm going to ask you some inane questions. What is your favorite word, Cena? Um, probably circuitous. 
What is your least favorite word? Uh, anyone I can't spell, like any of them. Like, you know. You know what I hate is I, I always forget how to spell abbreviate, even though it's quite, it's just two Bs and then the rest are one R, one, you know. I hate abbreviate. All right. If you could not be in the entertainment industry, comic books, movies, television, any of that, what would be your career? Uh, <laughs> I wish I had an answer off the top of my head. I'm going to be silent for a second while I think about that because everything I want to do is in the entertainment industry. Teacher, I guess. Oh no, 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 no! I'd want to be a, I'd want to be one of those like therapists for like kids who lived on the wrong side of the tracks. Like that's what I'd want to do. Like I'd want to I want to fix the kids who like really need help, and that's what I would do. That is dangerous. <laughs> uh, that pretty much wraps up my question. So, can you tell us anything upcoming, or plug anything, or any uh, promos for anything you've got coming up here? Well, I just want to say, anyone who's listening, thank you so much for supporting Image these past 20 years and for reading, you know, not only The Walking Dead and Invincible, but Chew and Morning Glories and Savage Dragon. Um, please pick up the book I draw. It's called The Little Depressed Boy. It's about a sad sack boy kind of uh, following his own non-adventures and trying to find love and success. Uh, so please, you know, help us all out, support creativity, and thank you very much. Thank you, sir. Yeah. And have a wonderful rest of the afternoon here at Image Expo. Okay, I've accosted Shane Houghton, co-author, or author of Reed Gunther, while his brother does the art. Uh, friend of the program, I might add. Shane, Image Expo, 20th anniversary of Image. How long have you been doing Image books? Uh, our first Image book was uh, last year in 2011. Uh, in June, so about, well, we have eight, nine months. It's been nine months. <laughs> so we're kind of uh, new to the family, but uh, very happy to be here. The Image Expo is incredible. I can't believe all the, like, top-name guys who are out here right now, and it's, like, this nice, chill con. Everybody's really cool. It's got a great vibe. I'm loving it. You're a young man. When you were a boy and Image first started... Did you ever think, I'm going to be writing the book I want to write for that company? I don't. I was pretty young. When Image first came out, I was just like, man, Spawn is the coolest. But I wasn't allowed to read Spawn, but I'd, I'd have to, like, sneak issues of Spawn. And then I discovered Savage Dragon, and I'm just like, these books are so cool. But I think at the time, I didn't really realize what Image was doing uh, as compared to, like, Marvel or DC. So I don't think I had those thoughts exactly, but by the time we were putting together a book, Image was our top choice of where, you know, like our dream publisher. We're so happy to be with them. They're, everybody who works there is incredible. Uh, so it's, it's a dream come true once we kind of wised up as to what Image exactly is doing. As all the fanboys know, because you're on the show before, Reed Gunther is the uh, bear-riding cowboy. You are up to... Issue 8, and Issue 9 comes out. Issue 9 is going to hit the stands uh, March 14th, and it's uh, we've been doing a couple of a series of one-shots, so customers can feel like feel free to jump in at Issue 6, 7, or 8. They don't have to read any of the previous issues. Uh, but Issue 9, we're starting, it's like a two-part story that you're really going to want to have to have read the entire series up until then. So 
we did a couple issues for new readers, and now we're treating our long-term readers with uh, a really awesome and intense uh, story. Uh, dealing with Sterling, don't want to give any spoilers, but it's, it's going to be awesome. You guys are going to love it. Okay, here are a couple inane questions for you. What is your favorite word, Shane? Oh, favorite word? Um, probably squish. What is your least favorite word? Um, oh, I like a lot of things. <laughs> I, I, when you said what's your favorite word, like I just had all these great words pop up. My least favorite word? Uh, probably words I don't know how to spell. I'm a terrible speller. I can't think. I can't even think of one word right now that I don't like. I like to use them all. I'm a writer. You and Cena Grace both said words you don't know how to spell are your least favorite. Oh words. really? Oh man, I'll have to talk to Cena. <laughs> uh, if you could not be involved in the entertainment industry at all, comic books, television, film, etc., what career path would you take? Wow. Uh, I would probably be a bum on the street because I don't think I can do anything else. Uh, I've done, I mean, you really cover entertainment. Like, I've uh, last year I shot a web series for Comedy Central. I'm editing a reality TV show right now. I write comic books. Like, my life is the entertainment industry. Without it, I, uh, yeah, I'm pretty sure I'd be out there in the gutter. Transient is a good choice. Uh-huh. Well... I don't have any more questions, so plug away whatever you've got coming up. Oh, you have a Peanuts project. I yeah. I just spit on you all That's over okay. <laughs> See, nobody on. listening would know that. <laughs> Peanuts project. You were up at the Peanuts Museum, Charles Schultz Museum yesterday. Go ahead and talk about the Peanuts project as much as you can. Sure. Uh, so I am contributing a story to every issue of the new Peanuts series from Boom, uh, along with the artist Matt Whitlock. And Matt and I are really good friends. Me and Matt and my brother Chris are all from the same small town, coincidentally enough. And now I work, all my comic work has has been drawn by people who are really close to me, which is incredible. Uh, And Matt is insane. Like, he is so good at doing the the Schultz style. And uh, so we have a small story. The Peanuts comic is like a collection of short stories. And so we'll have like an eight-page story or a six-page story in every issue. And uh, we just did the event at the Schultz Museum, which was phenomenal and so much fun. The guys at Boom are great. The guys at Creative Associates are great. Uh, the other creators, Vicky and uh, Paige and Lex, everybody working on the book, really fun guys. So I'm very lucky to be a part of that, and uh, we hope we are doing Charles Schultz proud with uh, the new stories we're coming up with. Well, if you're a Peanuts fan, I'm sure you are doing him proud. And if you're not... <laughs> so be it. Yeah. Uh, What's he going to do? I don't know. Uh, hopefully not come back from the dead. Edit and, uh, this part out, Rick. That's terrible. Yeah. <laughs> uh, besides Peanuts, uh, Reed Gunther's still coming out every month. Uh, we'll have, uh, again, issue 9 coming out in March, uh, 10 in April, and then probably in May or maybe early June, the second trade will come out and it'll be available all over. Uh, we'll be at Comic Cons, primarily on the West Coast. WonderCon, Emerald City, uh, San Diego. So we'll be around. People should uh, come hang out. Sweet. All right. Now I think I'm out of questions. Thanks again. And I appreciate your time. Yeah, thanks for having me. I and appreciate enjoy it. the rest of the afternoon here. Definitely. You at too. Image Expo. Okay, fanboys, I am sneaking up on Stephen Young right now to try to get an interview. Stephen, how's it going hey, here dude, at Image Expo? I don't Expo? have any time, so just. Fuck off. Thanks for nothing, Stephen. Yeah. Appreciate it.
like how I used to make sure. I'm here with Ben Costa, writer and artist on Pong the Wandering Shaolin Monk webcomic. And no, there's no relation. But he is a friend of the program. Ben, how, what do you think of Image Expo so far? Well, you know, it's definitely a first-year show. Uh, not a lot of people, but it looks like it could uh, have potential. How long have you been reading comic books, Ben? Well, my first comic book was uh, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles number 33, whatever year that was. Um, and then I read Ghost Rider in the early 90s. Didn't understand anything that was going on. Um, so probably 89. What is your favorite word, Benjamin? Cloaca. What is your least favorite word? Um, uh, I'm a lover of words. I can't think of anything. <laughs> anything you want to tell us about that's coming up for Pong the Wandering Shaolin Monk? Well, I'm still working on Volume 2. You can follow... Uh, Pong's adventures every week you know whether that's twice a week or once a week it always changes um, the website is s-h-i-l-o-n-g-p-a-n-g dot com and uh, you know it's it's a lot of fun you know you'll, you'll enjoy it thank you so much for your time alright fanboys I am here with the organizer of Image Expo Jimmy J Jimmy was Image Expo your idea, or did Image come to you and say, hey, let's do this because WonderCon's not going to be in town? Oh, no, this was definitely definitely something that we talked about. Um, I uh, run the Amazing Arizona Comic Con that happens the first week in January every year that uh, kicks off convention season. And uh, Robert Kirkman has come on out to our events, and he saw really how, how the events run. We had uh, some really great conversations about um, the comic convention culture that's going on and how the convention scene is rising up. And between that and conversations I've had with uh, Rob Liefeld and then eventually with Eric Stevenson as well, um, this, this all came together. Uh, we originally had planned um, a second event this year uh, called the Orange County Comic Con, and unfortunately that didn't come together um, because of WonderCon moving down, uh, putting on a show just a few few weeks after where we scheduled ours and a few miles away. So that seemed kind of redundant with with a lot of the same people. So what we immediately did is uh, jump into a, to a Southwest Airlines flight, uh, came up to the Barry, uh, scouted locations, and we ended up at the original place where WonderCon was, which was the Oakland Convention Center. Um, on our part, we, we secured the room, we locked the room, and uh, that's when the ball really got rolling between uh, me with Robert Kirkman um, definitely, me, me and Rob Liefeld have been talking uh, for a while, but with Robert Kirkman and uh, Eric Stevenson from there. So is this a one-time 20th anniversary deal, or is it going to be possibly yearly? You know what? That's the that's a million-dollar question. I, I think that a lot of people, um, I think a lot of people were really excited about the event. Uh, we had some great crowds. Um, 
big crowds, enthusiastic crowds all throughout the weekend. Sorry and to you. I just want to say bye. Isabel said to check out with you, tell you thank you, and I appreciate everything. Right on. Well, you know what? I, you know, thank you so much. Yeah, thanks for coming thanks on for in for the weekend. So, sorry to interrupt you. No problem. So, um, no, I just think I think that that's just very indicative of, of a lot of people coming on up and saying thank you. Very appreciative crowd, great crowd here. And, um, you know, I think that people are pumped up. I mean, we had a number of retailers coming up saying, hey, I want to buy Boost for next year, and that's always a great sign. But in terms of, uh, in terms of a, a yearly event, you know what, let's get through this weekend. I want to sleep for a few days, you know, crunch some numbers. But um, I love being in Oakland. Let's put it that way. Yeah, this was a, a good one. I mean, you've got, obviously, a bunch of image creators with their own booths, and then you have the big image booth in the middle. You've got some Walking Dead stuff, and obviously that's going to bring in, you know, some people. And then you've got a couple actors from the show that came through that uh, people were pretty excited to see. Um, so here's some inane questions for you. What is your favorite word, Jimmy? Awesome. And what is your least favorite word? No. If you could not be involved in comic bookery at all, what would your career choice be? Oh, man, tough one. Um, concert promoter. I don't know. I mean, it just seemed the thing to, to say at the time. And that, I guess that, that's not too different than, than being a promoter of a comic convention. But, uh, you know, rock stars, I figured that they couldn't be any harder to deal with than, than uh, some of the comic creators. No, all joking aside, everybody's been super cool this weekend. So uh, we've been really pleased. I mean, Eric Stevenson, I mean, big shout-out to Eric Stevenson. Um, you know, he had, uh, he had an idea of what he wanted to do with, uh, with the convention, you know, and how he wanted to market it as an extension of, um, of his experience creativity project uh, going on at Image. And um, we tried to take that vision and enact it as much as we could and still injecting some of the, the excitement that we have with, with our amazing comic conventions, um, you know, that we put on. So, you know, I think it was a nice blend between the two. Cool. Yeah, this was a really good event. Um, anything you want to plug upcoming or want to just wrap it up? You know what? I think we should wrap it up. I mean, at least, at least you know, it's, it's Sunday afternoon, and, um, you know, I think uh, a lot of sleep is uh, in our future. <laughs> Thank you, sir. Thanks so much. Okay, fanboys, I have infiltrated Eric Larson's booth at Image Expo. Eric, as you know, is one of the co-founders of Image. So 20 years ago, Eric, yes. did you foresee an Image Expo at some point in the future? Absolutely. <laughs> Except I thought it would have come about 19 years earlier. It's funny because you and Todd McFarlane had the same answer. He, he was sure that Image would still exist to this day, even if it was just Spawn with the image eye on it. Yep. Yep. I think I think the image is here to stay in terms of that. Oh, absolutely at this point. Uh, so you've had numerous political figures and find, and uh, the monster Osama bin Laden on the cover and plus Osama getting punched in the face by Barack Obama. Are there any plans for any other dead people or living Terrorists or uh, <laughs> political figures getting on no, the covers. No, not, not anytime soon. <laughs> you know, it's, it's. I, I kind of don't like repeating myself and doing the same thing over and over again. So uh, I, I just try and find a different way and trying to find something that's both fun for me and fun for the audience. So 
So there are no plans for the Whitney Houston Angel to come flying in and help save anybody? Spoilers, spoilers. <laughs> no, no, no. Although it's tempting to, to have them be reunited in heaven or something, but... Uh, that's a little cold. <laughs> so you recently announced that you're going to continue Supreme. And correct me if I'm wrong, but you're starting with your first issue is Alan Moore's last script, right. and then All you're right. continuing yep. your writing and doing the art? Yes. Uh, I'm not doing full art. I'm doing uh, kind of breakdowns, sort of more complete breakdowns. And then uh, uh, Corey Hampshire is doing on it, so he's kind of taking my my start and, and finishing it. You bet you can get an autograph. Sorry, I fanboy or whatever you are. Fanboy Planet. Fanboy Planet, yes. Uh, fanboy Planet, sorry. You'll take that out. I'll make me sound smart. Edit that out, Rick. As Eric signs the uh, Amazing Spider-Man number... 347, where <laughs> Venom is holding up Spider-Man's skull, <laughs> followed by Savage Dragon, uh, Brutal Issue Number 1. That's the first miniseries, right? This is the miniseries that started it all. Perfect. Thank you so much. You are quite welcome. Thanks for dropping by. I'm going to get a lot of this art. No, it's not a problem at all. Uh, okay. Thanks. It'll probably work better on this one anyway. You just signed a bunch of issues of Image United. Is that ever going to get finished? Yes. Yes, it is. <laughs> <laughs> oh, are you in the middle of an interview? Uh, kind of. <laughs> it's a loose interview. Go ahead. It's loose. Oh, I'm uh, Patrick. I emailed you about the Image documentary. Yeah. I was wondering, um, what's your uh, schedule looking like? Do you have any time? Nothing. I am free as a bird from this point on, except okay. for this guy. <laughs> no, I, I, I'm trying to do some booth time because I haven't done okay. it really. Are you actually? Yeah. Are you? You live in the air. The, the other publishers have really done this. You know, like how, a, how come there hasn't been a, a, brand Mar a Marvel convention? Yeah. You know, it seems like they're, they're a big company. Come on, get it together, guys. Thank you. <laughs> All right, you're welcome. Okay, so image. Uh, Specific question. You've done other work outside of Image while yes. you've been at Image. Uh -huh. um, obviously, you're still maintaining Savage Dragon. Do you have a story in your head to Infinity, or you know, are you certain distance out and you just make it up as you go along to certain points? I make it up as I go along. It's not like an answer that people like to hear, but uh, no, you know what it is? Is there's bits and pieces where I go, I I want to reach this, I want to reach that, and, I, and I've got, you know, a, a bunch of different places where I want to go. But that doesn't mean that there isn't room to do a bunch of other stuff. Thank you very much. Hi, welcome. Along Eric just signed a wonderful Savage Dragon flexing bust. Yeah, flexing bust. Check out her flexing bus. <laughs> Whatever. Uh, so you got engaged, huh? Well, I did. <laughs> that's that's rock. <laughs> Your girlfriend's hot. Thank you. <laughs> I'll be sure to tell her to listen to this. 
Um, hey, Facebook friend. Okay, so <laughs> what is your favorite word, Eric? You don't have a favorite word. What is your least favorite word? I, I don't even have a least favorite word. I'm trying to think what that would be. <laughs> I don't know. Favorite word is yes. How about that? Least favorite word? No. Huh? If you could not be involved in comic books or the entertainment industry at all, what career path would you have taken? Uh, you know what? If this hadn't worked out, I am, I, I think I would be bumming quarters because I don't really have any other skill set. <laughs> it's this really is, tough. This is yeah. awesome because I've gotten the same answer from like three different people about either I'll be homeless or a bum or whatever. No, it's it's Good terrible. Times. It's like I've got my schooling is is re- relatively nil. So it's like oh, if I couldn't be writing or drawing using either of those two in some way, then it would be like wow, what's left that I could actually pull off? I'd have to be like a greeter at Walmart or something. Hey, welcome to Walmart. Uh, back to Supreme because I'm just realizing that we got interrupted yeah, we on did. Supreme. We got touch, touch, we're touching on Supreme. So you are taking over from Alan Moore's final script and then... He li- leaves it on a complete cliffhanger. Like all these guys are attacking. And it's and like, okay, I'm done. And, and so it's like, wow, that's, thanks, Alan. That's awesome. So I can kind of take it from there and run with it. But I am not going anywhere near any direction that he would have taken it. <laughs> I am sure. Uh, and when does that start? I don't know. May? April? May? April or May April sounds or May? right to me. Sounds about right. And is it issue 63? I believe it is. 63 is issue 1. Are you going to renumber? No. No. In fact, 63 is kind of renumbering because it it went to 56 or something, 58, something. It, it went to, there was a six-issue miniseries that was called Supreme Returns, and we're counting those as though they were six issues of Supreme. So we're kind of doing a little bit of legacy numbering rather than going and to 57 because if we did we went right to 57 and there's this chunk of issues that should exist but don't exist kind of thing so I'm just like okay let's just call it supreme and just say that put all those together and call it the next issue but 63 is when it starts and then I'm I'm several into it at this point awesome uh, I'm on my fifth issue, actually. Nice. I heard I overheard you speaking with a gentleman earlier about Savage Dragon, and obviously, Savage Dragon himself is in space with the rest mm-hmm. of his race, mm-hmm. and his son Malcolm is on Earth. Are you going to be going back and forth between the two, or will there be full issues dedicated to each one, or is it just going to be random? Savage Dragon is here, and Malcolm is here, and this is what's happening. Uh, 
No, the next issue, there gets to be a little more dragon stuff in it. Uh, it's mostly going to be Malcolm, because it's kind of Malcolm's book at this point. So it's it's mostly going to be Malcolm stuff, and there'll be there'll be instances where we'll, we'll flash over and go, meanwhile, dragons in space, and you know we'll sort of check in on him. But it's there's not I don't foresee there being full-on issues that are just dragon, but you never know. Text me, Burger. Yeah. What is the specific issue number that Dragon will return to Earth? We don't know. <laughs> uh, 182? 183, maybe? I'm not sure. I cannot believe that is an actual spoiler. <laughs> <laughs> but he will. I mean, he's he'll, he'll be coming back. I don't want to tell you everything. But... No, I, I hope you wouldn't. Uh... <laughs> As a kid, what was your favorite comic book character prior to when you created Savage Dragon? So, not your own creations. Um, depending on what age, and it, it's different things. My dad bought comics when he was a kid, so we grew up with his comic book collection. And from that, it would have been Captain Marvel, from you know Captain Marvel Adventures, the Fawcett version. And uh, then when we started actually getting my own buying comic books it's probably the Hulk by Herb Trimpey and, and then and then when Jack came back it was like whatever Jack was doing and something that I was into what was your least favorite comic book I wasn't buying it <laughs> you know I mean there were comics that you just go wow that doesn't look good like Brother Voodoo or whatever, you just go, that, that's, that's, that's a B-list book. Possibly C, you know. But there were things that just looked ill-conceived that I, I didn't embrace. And some of them may have been awesome. I've never read a, a Brother Voodoo story, so maybe it was great and I was missing out. But I thought he looked kind of dopey with the green pants and all. Well, I can tell you the new Brother Voodoo story was not great. Uh, Spoiler. <laughs> uh, well, that about will wrap it up. If you have anything to plug, now is the time. Savage Dragon should be read by every single living, breathing human being on the face of the earth. Um, and if if they're out of money, then they can't buy Supreme, and they'll really be missing out. But they should buy that too. Awesome. Thank you, sir, for your time. You're quite welcome. All right, fanboys, I have infiltrated the booth of Brandon Seifert here at Image Expo, co-creator of Witch Doctor. Brandon, how exciting is it for Image to have its own comic convention? It's pretty exciting. Uh, this is, uh, honestly, I, I feel like this is a long time coming. Um, there's plenty of shows that cater to small press, but as far as I know, I, I've never heard of another show that caters specifically to creator-owned comics. Uh, and having Image be the one to throw it, uh, I think it, it just it just seemed right. So this is this has been a great weekend. Excellent. Have you been a comic book reader as far back as you can recall? Um, I I got started when I was very young. Yeah, I kind of read them intermittently through my childhood, and then I got into them seriously around 1990 1991, which was right right before yeah right before it started. 
And so I was I was a big I got in on the ground floor with Image. Like I was a big fan. Like I loved Spawn. I loved Shadowhawk. I had all the first issues of all the Image books for like the first two years. Uh, I got out of comics for a while, um, but you know now that I'm back in them, now that I'm not only back in them but actually writing them, uh, it's really neat to be part of the whole Image thing. That is exciting. Uh, what was your favorite book before Image was company? What was your favorite character? Before that, the 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 comic that really got me reading comics, uh, like I'd, I'd read things like I loved the, the Ninja Turtles comic, like the 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 one from Archie uh, that was you know kind of bit, kind of like the cartoon. yeah inspired by the cartoon. Right. Like I loved a lot of stuff like that. Like I, I loved the uh, Marvel Star line that was like you know Muppet Babies and like. All kinds of like you know kids cartoons when I was young, but the book that really got me reading comics for the comics rather than for some sort of tie into like a cartoon or something was actually Darkhawk from Marvel, um, and it was like that was that was just it was just kind of a quirk. It was when I started reading comics like in the supermarket. Um, that was a character who was around my age, which was really important for me at the time. And uh, had only come out a few months earlier, so there wasn't like this huge backstory for me to understand. And those two things, like I, I really liked that character, and it got me reading comics in general. Now, Witch Doctor is pretty much, I've heard you say, you know, a cross between Doctor House and Doctor Who, or Doctor House and Fringe and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Is that the kind of I guess science fiction or fantasy that, you know, started the germ in your head to say, let's do this book about a doctor that is trying to cure people of just ridiculous magical things that, you know, don't exist, but we're going to come up with a logical explanation for what is actually happening to these people. Honestly, kind of the, the, the reason that we ended up doing this book is because when Lucas and I started talking about doing a comic together, um, he's, he's a big horror guy. And the first time we met up, like, we each brought our stack of comics that we want to do something in the same vein. And mine was things like Scott Pilgrim and Shark Knife and King City. Like, I was reading a lot of that kind of stuff. Uh, whereas Lucas, he brought Hellboy, The Goon, and, like, one of the old House of Mystery, like, black and white newspaper reprints. Uh, like, he's, you know, he's a big horror, supernatural, you know, occult kind of guy. And that's not my first love, like... Science fiction is my first love, but I got really into horror, like supernatural horror, in high school, and like I've continued to have an affinity for it. So, you know, when he brought that stuff, I was like, oh yeah, you know, okay, yeah, I could do something like this. Um, and at that point, like Witch Doctor was actually the basic idea of Witch Doctor was something I'd had years ago, and I found it in a notebook. And in discussing things with Lucas, I was like, well, I've got this, you know. This one of one of these ideas. It's this doctor who investigates the supernatural, but actually treats it like a doctor would. And he's a jerk because I just like the I, I like the I, I really like the, the idea of the jerk who helps people, like the person who who through their actions demonstrates that they are a good person and that they are a hero, uh, while on the surface being a jerk to the people that they're helping. I really I really enjoy that. So that was sort of like the basic, um, the basic, the germ of the idea behind Witch Doctor, um, and that kind of got cemented 
when I realized that all the monsters needed to also be based on medicine. Um, so yeah, those the things that we compared it to, you know, Doctor House, Doctor Who, uh, you know, Fringe, stuff like that. They honestly, they are just touchstones that we found for promoting the book. They weren't actual influences at that time. Okay. Now, so you've done the four issue series and then a one shot. Is there more minis coming up, or is it going to be eventually an ongoing? Do you have any plans like that for the Witch Doctor? We basically want to do it in the same kind of mold as BPRD from Dark Horse, where it's a series, you know, it's kind of an, it's an ongoing series, but it's divided up into mini-series and one-shots. Um, at this point, our career is neither of us can actually sustain an ongoing monthly book, so it's kind of like, we'd always intended to do something, you know, kind of, it was mostly inspired by Hellboy, and just do, you know, mini-series and one-shots. Um... And that was always the idea, and then when we actually got down to it, we discovered that uh, that was really honestly the only thing that was attainable for us in our level of craft right now, because we're both very new at this. And I know sooner or later we're going to get to the point where we could do a monthly ongoing book, uh, but you know, a year in, we, neither of us are that fast. And so we've got a second miniseries that's coming out later in the year. It's called Witch Doctor Malpractice. It's going to be a six-issue miniseries this time. And then from that, the intention is just to keep doing miniseries and one-shots. Nice. I look forward to that. Uh, so you shared a booth here with Joe Keating and Josh Williamson. Are you a wrestling fan yourself? Uh, I have watched wrestling. Like, there was a, there was a month or two uh, in college where I was going over every week and watching wrestling with my friend. And at that time, I was honestly a bit too snobby for it, and I discovered I was liking it more than I expected to, and I wasn't okay with that, so I stopped watching it. But sharing this booth with them this weekend has pointed out that, like, it's made me remember how much that, how much fun that stuff actually is, and now that I don't take myself so seriously, like, they were talking about, like, um, you know, there's discussion of showing wrestling in movie theaters in 3D. And I was like, dude, if they do that and you guys go, like, call me. I am down. I can't find my thing for my banner. Okay. I see a black. Well, 3D wrestling in a movie theater would be ridiculous. Uh, here are some inane questions. What is your favorite word, Brandon? I have a lot of trouble when people ask me what my favorite anything is. I'm not somebody who, who has, like, one thing. Like, when somebody asks me what my favorite band or my favorite movie is, which are quite honestly easier questions than that, uh, I, I, can't, I can't just choose one thing. Like, there's, there's rarely one thing that's, like, so head and shoulders, you know, better for me than, than something else. Like, I can do, like, I can do, like, here's five things I love. Uh, favorite word... Ubiquitous is pretty great. Um, uh, yeah, let's go with ubiquitous. It's just it just kind of rolls off the mouth. What is your least favorite word? Oh, man, I really don't know. I, there's not there again. There's not one that sticks out. Like a lot of my friends would immediately be like, "Oh, moist, uh, ointment, <laughs> pustules." Uh, I don't. Uh, whatever. They don't bother me. 
Damp? Are you okay with that? Damp? Yeah. No, I don't have a problem with damp or smell. Like, I don't think smell is a bad word. Yeah, sorry. I got I got nothing for you. It's okay. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> if you could not be involved in comics at all or entertainment, what career path would you choose? My plan when I was in my mid-20s, I was going to work... Uh, part of the year on at research stations in Antarctica just doing like food service like Antarctica needs baristas uh, which is it's kind of weird but it's true like they have the research stations there are large enough that they need like a full support staff and so they hire you know they hire custodians they hire baristas uh, there's a newspaper called the Antarctic Sun at McMurdo Wait, are, Sound. No, I don't mean to interrupt, but are you from Antarctica? No, I'm from Alaska. Okay, so you yeah. know it's extremely cold. Oh, yeah. Well, it's except, you know, <laughs> Austral summer. So the thing about Antarctica is the summer is in, you know, it's, it's October through February. It's that kind of time of year. And if I was at McMurdo Sound uh, in that time, my hometown of Fairbanks, Alaska, uh, is colder and darker than Antarctica during that time. So if I was at McMurdo Sound during those months, it would actually be much nicer there than where I grew up for 26 years. Is that the 30 days of night place? Uh, it is not. Actually, you're thinking of Barrow? Oh. And Barrow actually gets 67 days of night. Barrow does not. I mean, <laughs> technically, I mean, it gets 30 days of night, but the night doesn't stop after day 30. So, yeah. No, it's Alaska. Alaska is... Uh, it's, I am not hardcore enough for it. And 26 <laughs> up, years up there kind of emphatically demonstrated that for me. I have no illusions about that at this point. Uh, Antarctica, though, in summer, yeah, I could do that for like four months. You know? Yeah, sure, absolutely. You know, the snow, it actually gets, you know, it'll, it'll get up to 40 degrees sometimes and the snow will start melting. <laughs> Excellent. Yeah. Similar to the coldest day in California. Yeah, absolutely. Hey, <laughs> All right, well, that about wraps up. Do you have anything you'd like to plug? Obviously, we talked about the upcoming Witch Doctor Mini. Anything else? Um, I've got some other stuff that's coming out, but none of it's been announced. So, so we can't uh, talk just, about that. Yeah, just keep Comic-Con. an eye out for it. Yes, exactly. Awesome. Thank you, sir. No problem. Thank you. Hey now, fanboys. I have infiltrated the booth of John Lehman and Rob Guillory, creators of Chew. John, Image Expo is the really the only specific uh, publisher convention I've ever heard of. Yeah. This was, what are your feelings? This has been maybe the best convention I've been to in decades. Uh, it's been so much fun. It reminds me of the uh, conventions that I used to go to growing up in Northern California because it's, 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 it's not a consumer show. It's not a bunch of idiots dressed up. You know, it's not... Uh, it's not about product. It's about like spending like ten or fifteen minutes talking to your favorite creator. All the panels have been great. Uh, uh, like it's really a creator show, and, and they don't. It's like they don't have this anymore. It's, it's been great. Um, traffic's been great. You know, everyone knows who Chew is, and uh, I don't know all the bullshit's gone, and uh, all the good stuff is here. I, I've loved this show. That is excellent. Now, I remember we talked about this a little bit yesterday that. I was uh, at the panel where Chu was announced, and my impression was that it was well received by the audience. But you 
kind of had mixed feelings about that. Well, I, I don't think anybody thought Chew was going to be a hit, even Image. They're like, well, here's a weird thing. We'll throw it at the wall, see if it sticks. And I didn't think it was going to be anything. So, And, you know, when you're up there sitting there at a panel, you never know what the audience is. I mean, the, it's kind of like the bright lights are on you and you're sitting there and you're you know, you're, you're cold and you're trying not to be nervous, so you never quite know what it's like to be sitting on the other side. So you said that Chu was initially just going to be a five-issue mini, is that right? Well, I'm a huge pessimist, and I had been ground <laughs> to dust by comic books. So I just assumed it wouldn't go beyond five. Like, I had a contingency plan, do five issues with, with you know, this young new guy, Rob, who I'd never worked with before, and... Uh, you know, it probably wouldn't sell. Maybe it would make money someday, and it would recoup its inevitable losses. And then I'd do five more issues with another artist, and eventually I would, you know, sort of tell the story I wanted to tell. But it it, it hit. People liked it. And then I discovered I got this artist that I mesh very well with who's in it for the long haul. And it's just been, it was like a perfect storm of events. It's, a, it's choose like a best-case scenario that doesn't really happen in comics. Now, has Chu opened up doors to other work? Like, I know that you wrote the annuals for uh, Incredible Hulk and Deadpool. Yeah. Well, it's opened up a ton of doors, but on the other hand, it's allowed me to be uh, 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 particular. Like, you know, when you're a hungry freelancer, you take some gigs that you wouldn't take normally, but you got to put food on the table, and I don't now. So if I take something, it's going to be something that I like or want to do, but... I have been approached, and I get approached. I, I turn down a lot more projects than I say yes to now because I can, and so I'm just going to have fun. It's a great position to be in. <laughs> what made you decide to move from beautiful San Jose, Sunnyvale, Santa Clara area to Arizona? Oh, well, at the time, I had a job, and Chew hadn't quite hit, and I lost my job. And my wife said, move back to Seattle and get another job or move back to Phoenix, move to Phoenix where all her family is and things are really cheap and uh, and then you could pursue comics. And in retrospect, I could have moved back to Seattle because Chu right about that time started blowing up. But, you know, I took the, the non-work path and now I'm stuck in Phoenix. But, it, you know, at least, you know, I got a nice office and, you know, a big house, but I'm... I'm stuck in the desert, in the, in the red state. And what is the current uh, score on Layman versus Scorpions? It's we're in the off season. Uh, when it cools down, which means it gets to you know 70 and stuff, they they go into hibernation. So we haven't seen any for months. And uh, we've actually taken some proactive um, measures. We've uh, they live in the cinder blocks, and we've sealed it up with silicone sealant. We got a security door. After this, right after this, so stick around. Um, uh, but they're going to start coming out again. We also, we had a neighbor who didn't care. We're like, we got scorpions, and they're always coming from your wall. And he's like, eh, you know. And uh, But then they moved, and uh, uh, it was a couple with a baby. And we're like, oh, hi, welcome to the neighborhood. You know we got scorpions. And you could just see their eyes, oh, my God, oh, the baby. So they're taking, see, we think whenever the exterminator comes, they just go over the wall to the guy who didn't care. And, you know, he has nests and he doesn't give a shit. But now I can have the exterminator come to our house the same time as the neighbors with the babies. And uh, I think this year is going to be good. <laughs> uh, 
All right, these questions are inane and ridiculous. What is your favorite word, John? Probably motherfucker. What is your it least favorite? It makes me laugh every time I say it. <laughs> you are laughing. What is your least favorite word? No, I don't know that I have one. No, I said I If comic books and the entertainment industry were unavailable to you, what career path would you take? Well, I was a journalist before. I mean, I was in newspaper, and I, I did. Well, that's like, writing. Design. Doesn't count. No, you okay. can't pick journalism. What about design? I was doing like charts and graphs and stuff. Okay, like that, that counts. Okay. Yeah, I mean, I like, I like design. I like, uh, you know, visual things. And I can't draw, but I can actually, you know, I, I do a lot of the design in the book, and I, I have a, a fairly good, you know, design aesthetic. So probably that. I heard, overheard you saying, uh, and I was at the panel yesterday, but the the actual names of the powers, like Cybopath and... Root words. They're all based on ancient, you know, they're, they're Greek or Latin, and, you know, they're a mix of, it means this, and it means this, and I, you know, mix and match, you know, ancient dead languages. And you had a story about a professor or... Was it a colleague or professor that looked at it and said, wait a minute, you can't combine that word? Yeah, yeah, he was like a, 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 a classicist professor, and he's like, oh, that's against the rules, you can't do that. And it's like, dude, it's a freaking comic book, you know, no uh, you know, no other cunning linguist is going to take me to task. Excellent. Uh, do you have anything to plug that is coming up here? Uh, I'm doing Mars Attacks with IDW and John McRae. I, we're seeing the art of the first issue, and... Uh, John McRae is an old buddy of mine. We worked on the Monarchy together a decade ago, and we're, we're buddies, and it's great to work with a friend. And uh, he's doing spectacular work. And it's for IDW. I got a great relationship with all those guys. So I'm working on Mars Attacks and working on Chew, but, um, you know, I don't need to do a bunch of other stuff. People are like, get another book going, get another book going. And it's like, eh, I like to play Warcraft, and I'm playing Red Dead Redemption right now, and, you know, I don't have a lot of ambition. Now, Chew 27 came out after, was it? 18. 18. Are there going to be any other out-of-sequence books coming up? I'm not ruling it out, but I'm not planning it. Like, I, I didn't, I don't have any ideas for it, but it was fun. It was a fun stunt. I just and, got chewed out by a retailer last night saying, don't do that again. That totally screwed up our orders. And 27's coming out again yes. in sequence, right? Yeah, in sequence, you know, it'll make sense. And then, you know, because uh, we've got a, more readers since then, so... Uh, you know, there are some people who will never know. It's going to go in volume six like it should, and we're also going to take twenty-seven and we're going to fill the back matter. No ads. It's going to it's going to have a, a story that no one read from a heroes anthology. the first image comic expo. We had a fantastic time with you. So we're going to like this story that appeared in Hero Initiative last year, the short story. We're going to put it in, and we're going to put like a bunch of like script. So. Anyone who buys it for two ninety nine again will at least get some stuff they probably haven't seen, and we're going to fill it with extras so it won't be too shameless a cash grab. Will it have a different cover? Yeah. Yes, it will. Yeah, new cover. And then uh, for $30, we are going to do another trifold cover. That's the halfway point, just like we did for 15 So every 15 issues, you know, the, the quarter mark, the halfway mark, etc., etc., we'll have a, a kind of a poster cover. 30 is the wedding issue. Superb. And are we allowed to talk about the slow goings of the Showtime show? It's going slow. We have a, a writer. We have a deal. We have a, a producers, which are the guys behind Walking Dead, which that's a good thing. 
Uh, and we've got um, uh, Stephen Hopkins as director. He's been doing House of Lies for Showtime, uh, Shameless for Showtime, Californication for Showtime. So it's nice to have a guy with a good track record, um, you know, attached to the thing. He does stuff for Showtime and it gets picked up. So, But that being said, it does move very slow, and I was warned it would move very slow. Patience is a virtue. In the meantime, we've been advised by people wiser than us, just get as many books out as possible, because when the, the book does, when the show does hit, it's going to hit like gangbusters. I, I mean, the, 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 the TPB sales. So get as many TPBs out as possible, let the show hit, and then we'll sell a billion copies. And we already do pretty good. So. Yeah, yeah, that's a good plan. Um... That's about all I've got. This will be up on Fanboy Planet, which podcasts out of Elusive Comics and Games, where I know you used to go every yep. so often. Yep. Hi, Anna. Did you hear that, Anna? He said hi. All right. Thank you, sir. You got anything else? No. Nope. I need all right. sleep. Please watch The Walking Dead. I'm, uh, I have cornered Robert Kirkman after a panel. Robert, obviously, we're all here because of the 20th anniversary of Image, and as we know, you are the first partner that is not a founder. Your thoughts on Image Expo? I think it has been uh, an astounding success. I think that uh, a lot of people came out. It was a lot of fun. It was a cool con that was, uh, you know, all about comics, and, uh, you know, I think it's a testament to the, the founders of Image, the fact that the company's been around for 20 years, but also the fact that we could sustain a convention all on our own, you know, at, at this time uh, is really awesome. And I think that, you know, Image has really been about injecting new blood into the company uh, over the years, and I think that's really what's made it so strong. And I think that looking back is one thing, and, and we've done that, and, uh, you know, I think we've got a lot of great history in this company, but looking forward is what Image has always been about. And so at a time when we're doing new books by Ed Brubaker and Brian K. Vaughn and Grant Morrison and Mark Miller and Jonathan Hickman. I think that, you know, we've really kind of proven that, you know, 2012 is really looking like it could be our best year yet, which, you know, after having been around for 20 years, is kind of an awesome thing. So I feel like Image is in a really good place. So I'm really excited about everything that's going on right now. And we also know that you are writing Walking Dead, Invincible, Super Dinosaur. What am I missing? Thief of Thieves. I, I'm not jumping in because I can't remember either. <laughs> uh, Thief of Thieves, is that going to be an ongoing or is oh, yeah. it a mini? No, it's a, it's an ongoing regular series. I mean, uh, uh, you know, it's all about it's all about getting a lot of trade paperbacks out. You know, that's what really excites me now is having, you know, volumes of story out there for people to, you know, fall in love with and enjoy. So, you know, or, you know, it's a regular series. And according to John Lehman, the more uh, trades you have out, the better your chances are for a TV or movie deal. Am I correct? Uh, I mean, I don't know. I think I think uh, maybe a little bit, but uh, I don't really think about TV and movie deals. I mean, I'm completely honest. Like, uh, you know, if they happen, they happen. But, uh, you know, I, I, I actually kind of prefer working in comics. I'll go ahead and say that. And, uh, you know, for me, having a comic book that's, able to continue is much more important than having it be adapted into another medium. I mean, my real, you know, concern and goal and, and the, you know, the thing that I concern myself with the most is making sure that the book is strong enough to continue. You know, uh, The Walking Dead TV show to me is really just a platform that makes more people read The Walking Dead that makes me uh, that much closer to getting to issue 500. You know, that's, that's really the goal for me. 
Absolutely. Um, I forgot what I was going to ask you, but Haunt, you and Todd, and then who else was on that? Greg Capullo. Greg Capullo was Ryan on Otley. that, Ryan Otley. So that has changed hands now in mm -hmm. terms of the creative team. Was that planned or was your basically your workload just too much to continue to do Haunt and you had to make a choice? I, I, I like the idea of Haunt being able to continue after me and working with Todd was a big part of that. I mean, you know, being able to create a concept with him and work with him was a real big thrill for me, you know, because I was a fan of Todd going to back when I was in diapers. Just trying to trying to mess with him. I was definitely not in diapers when he was doing stuff. But uh, 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 you know, I did leave because you know there's only so many spots open on my dance card, and I have new ideas and new books that I want to do. And you know, with the Walking Dead show, it was hard for me to you know keep adding new projects. I mean, there's only so many books I can expect people to buy with my name on them. So you know, I, I had to step away. But I think that you know, uh, Joe Casey and Nathan Fox are doing you know, amazing things with the book and definitely making me look bad, which is uh, actually oddly kind of gratifying. You know, it's much better to me than leaving a book and then watching it go to hell. <laughs> you know, that's, that's sure. not something I want to do. So I think it's I think it's cool. I mean, I, I, I've added another, you know, a, another patch to the overall comic book industry quilt, and uh, it's cool to see it go on without me. All right. Can you give us a little bit of, I mean, spoiler-free kind of preview of your books. So Super Dinosaur first, what's coming up? Uh, we get a lot of cool stuff going on with Super Dinosaur. I think that like with all of my books, they kind of start in a certain place and then they start going in other directions that are, I think are somewhat surprising. And I think that Super Dinosaur is hitting that place where you're kind of starting to get a picture of what the book is actually about. I think the next few issues out are going to start to reveal some new threats on the horizon and some overarching you know, storylines that will you know keep that book going for years and years. And so uh, there's a lot of stuff involving inner earth and, uh, you know, where the dinosaurs come from and, you know, who's behind all that and, and what's going on that'll be, you know, adding some conflict for, uh, for the kids and, uh, and super dinosaur. And, uh, you know, we'll be making that story, uh, somewhat larger and more complex, but still, you know, age appropriate for an all ages book and, and, uh, definitely right. something that I think that, you know, an eight-year-old will find as compelling as a 40-year-old will. So I'm pretty excited about the stuff we have coming up for that. And then uh, with Walking Dead, uh, you know, we've got the different, uh, it's the uh, larger world going on right now, and that's going to lead into a big story arc called Something to Fear. Uh, Rick and his group are currently in a safe community that they've been living in for a while, and uh, they're not going to be leaving that community. They're going to be discovering other communities that are like that. So... Uh, they're going to be discovering this larger world with all of these new people in, in it that they can interact with. And what they're going to be discovering is that, you know, like it's been forever in The Walking Dead, the people really are the threat. And uh, they're going to be encountering some communities that are much more organized than they ever had encountered before and are much more threatening than they'd ever encountered before. So uh, things are going to be uh, ramping up to the big issue 100 that will be coming out in July. And there's some pretty crazy things on the horizon there. And then uh, Invincible right now, he's been infected with the Scourge virus, so uh, he's hanging on the uh, edge of death, and uh, there's going to be a new Invincible taking up the mantle and doing uh, Invincible things. So uh, we're going to be following a new character in the costume and uh, seeing how he interacts with Adam Eve and Cecil and the other Guardians of the Globe and various different characters and how he deals with different threats. All the while, uh, Invincible's life's going to be hanging in the balance and, you know, Dinosaurus is going to be working with him to uh, 
try and keep him from, you know, not dying. And along the way, there's going to be some really big revelations with uh, Thrag and the Viltrumites and, you know, what Mark's role is in that empire and how his connections to various different Viltrumite factions, uh, you know, what they actually are and what they mean for him. So uh, there's going to be a lot of cool backstory going on and a lot of new ideas being thrown into the book. So it's going to be some cool places. And that'll be leading up to its 100th issue that'll be coming out uh, in January of 2013. So I'm pretty excited about that. That is exciting. Two 100-issue books with image from the same guy. I'm very lucky. (laughs) Okay, here are some uh, inane questions. What is your favorite word, Robert? Cool. What is your least favorite word? Uh, I don't know. Uh, Marvel. (laughs) (laughs) Marvelous. Uh... If you could not be involved in comic books or the entertainment industry in any way, what career path would you take? Park Ranger. All right. Um, That will about wrap. Well, I got one more thing, so. No, I don't. That's it. No, I do have one more thing. Invincible. Uh, Is there any chance of an Invincible movie or video game or TV show? I mean, TV show would be, for Invincible kind of show, would be kind of weird, but. <laughs> any uh, any talks about that that you can mention? Uh, you know, um, not that I can mention. Uh, I know we've that's gotten, a yes. We've gotten well, we've gotten close a few times, and I've been very excited and then very let down when things haven't happened, uh, and it's kind of unfortunate. But I mean, that's kind of the nature of the beast. There were a lot of things that happened with Walking Dead that kind of fell apart before anybody heard about it, long before AMC ever came into the picture. So I mean, I think that. There's definitely a possibility of there being an Invincible movie someday, but, I mean, it took Spider-Man 100 years or something, like uh, like 40 (laughs) years, 50, I don't even know. Uh, And, uh, you know, I think there will definitely be an Invincible movie at some point, but, uh, you know, it could be sooner, it could be later, I don't really know, so, you know, we'll see. What was the first comic book you ever read? The first comic book I ever read was a Captain America comic that I don't even remember that, like, was given to me when I was, like, eight or something. But the first comic I bought was Amazing Spider-Man 343 by David Michelinie and Eric Larson, where uh, Cardiac and Spider-Man teamed up to fight the Rhino. What year was that? Pretty great. That would have been 1989, I think. It's just about the same time. Would have been 1990? No, it was, like, it was 89. Yeah, no, I think Eric Larson was on Spider-Man 8990. Yeah. You're a latecomer. <laughs> Maybe it was 90. It wasn't 91. <laughs> we'll see. There's about to be a fight in the conference room here. <laughs> I started late. Whatever. I was 12, 13. Yeah, that's not too late. We're about the same age. Okay, well, Kate, unless you want to plug anything, that's going to be about. Somebody have those damn snap pops. That I got to tell Norman you, man, Reedus those brought in. fucking driving me crazy. Never have a con too close to Chinatown. <laughs> People buying crazy stuff. Huh? You didn't hear about Norman Reedus and Stephen Yun coming into the Walking Dead panel with the snap and pops and the fart bombs that they had bought in Chinatown and completely fucking that panel up? <laughs> Great guys that they are. You're still recording, aren't you? I Absolutely. <laughs> I have a recording of Steven telling me to go fuck off because he was leaving. So. Oh uh, yeah, he's he's an actor. They're too important to do uh, these kind of interviews. Yeah, well. All right. Fuck, fuck that guy. <laughs> <laughs> he's such a nice boy. 
All right, thank you, sir. Cool, man. Thanks, Nate. That was a great set of interviews. And we'll be back next week with the regular Fanboy Planet podcast. Until then, use your powers only for good. Thanks once again to the great Luke Ski for use of his music in this podcast. Visit Luke Ski at www.lukeski.com.